to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock, and you may or may not know this about me, but I am a complete coffee-holic. In fact, kind of a coffee snob. Oh, girls, if you don't know this, you need to know this. I've never hung out with you where you were not actively <laughs> drinking coffee. It's true. Has that ever happened? No. Like, I just kind of said that, but it's true. No, it, it is very true. I still can't believe that you have not moved from the Keurig to the Nespresso. Like, I just don't understand how you're still living on the Keurig. Oh, well, you know, when you buy it in bulk, when you buy the little K-cups in bulk, so you have 4,000 cups I in your pantry. I do think you have about a three-year supply. Yeah. It's hard to switch, yeah. One of these days, though, I am going to bring you a cup of Nespresso brewed fresh from my house, and it's going to ruin you. Uh-oh. Not good. Not well, good. I mean, that's what friends do. Um, hey, girl, hey, I'm Julie Graham, and if you're a coffee-aholic, um, can I be a shoe-aholic? Is oh, that a thing? you totally are. I to- Absolutely I totally are. am. I have a lovely closet full of shoes that, you know, is never quite full enough. There's always room for a new pair. Yeah, and varying heights. Well, no, they're actually kind of flat or they're like stilts, They're all really high. And I'm just, uh, these days I'm going to need to start getting a few shorter ones. My new man is a little bit shorter, so I don't know. We'll just have to see how that works (laughs) or he'll just have to figure it out. But yeah, we are, we we like what we like. What can we say? Yeah, we certainly do. And it evolves through time, Julie. You know, I, I realize there have been years I've had certain philosophies, certain things I've thought about, then it changes to the next year to something new and something different. But ultimately, there's like five that I've kind of landed on in life, I think, that are things that I keep going back to. You suggested these five things that you kind of pattern your life after. And after reading them, I thought, yes, if we as women of grit and grace could kind of get these five things down, we would totally be the kind of women that people want to be around. And that's what I'm hoping to become. Yeah. You need another parade of people behind you. (laughs) Absolutely not. But I'm just saying, you know, I want to be the kind of person that people want to be around. And I think if I, you know, get these things and I got them going on most days, then I'm going to be the kind of friend people want to be with. Yeah, I think that's really true. And I think most days is probably the caveat that we all need to apply. For anything and everything. Anything and everything, for sure. But, you know, the first one that I think we all need to learn how to do is listen before we speak. I, I was just listening for a second before I spoke. <laughs> you were looking at me like, why aren't you speaking, woman? I'm so not used to that. <laughs> <laughs> because I was literally trying to apply that right away. Yes, this is one that I, I I love that we put it first. So we're just, you know, putting it all out there that this is not my strongest suit. But listening is so important. Yeah, and I think realizing that you want to be heard, you want people to listen to your heart, your thoughts, your feelings, you know, of course, you need to expect that other people want the same thing. Sometimes we're willing to listen, but only because we are looking for our next opportunity to talk. But that's not what we're talking about here. It is not. This is not listen, formulating your reply in your mind (laughs) before they finish their sentence. This is Mm -hmm. actually hearing them. Yeah, when we take time to hear someone, it shows that they have value and worth. And I want to be the kind of woman that makes people feel heard. Because when I feel heard, it makes me feel so special and important. And I want to do that for somebody else. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that is the first step. When you listen, 
they know that they matter to you, that what they're talking about, you care about. How do you handle listening to someone when maybe they're sharing their heart or their feelings or their opinion and you don't necessarily share that? How do you handle listening even in that circumstance? Because that's when it gets hard. It is. It is. And I think that may be the most important one, Julie, is for us to be willing to hear what they have to say. Again, not just to form our response, but Mm -hmm. to find out why they think the way they do or why they're walking the way they are or feeling the things they're feeling and give them time to unpack it. Even if you may not agree with it or you may think in your mind, oh no, you are you are heading down a road that's going to hurt you, you still need to listen. One of the hallmarks of a grit and grace woman is the ability to respect someone by hearing their opinion without having to combat it, without having to, you know, give the 15 point sermon as to why they're wrong, (laughs) Um, you know, immediately distancing yourself or cutting them off because they've made it clear that they believe something or stand for something that you don't. But instead, being the kind of person who can respect your differences and still have a quality relationship. There's two different scenarios of those. One may, whether in this political season, it's probably politics as part of it, to hear each other's side and their heart behind it. And that's okay too. Or just opinions about clothing or opinions about parenting parenting or whatever. And then there are things that you hear where you do know that person is indeed heading into something that is harmful and hurting to them ultimately. And if you jump in to try to talk them out of it at that point, sometimes you can lose the relationship, Mm -hmm. which is really a sad place to be. Yeah, we talked a few episodes back on episode 81 that there will come seasons in a relationship where you know because of the toxicity of the relationship or the fact that it's unhealthy or, you know, your friendship has changed that you might need to end the relationship. But I think what we're saying here is there will be times that you need to listen and show care and concern and respect and preserve the relationship so that if the time comes or maybe when the time comes and this person maybe recognizes the decision that they made that has negatively affected them, you still get to be there and show them love down the road because you are willing to listen without speaking. Yeah, they can hear you then because you love them that whole time. Man, so number one, listening, listening, listening. This is one I'm going to work on. I'm going to be quiet for the rest of the episode and listen to you share the rest of them. <laughs> no, you're not. But you're right. I could don't. never do it. Uh-uh. But I, I should try to listen a little bit more. All right, what's number two? Be a team player, not a competitor. I mean, it is way better to be on a team, right? It is way better. It's way better to have your team players with you to try to tackle life and not to compete with them. And I think even when we're on a team of friends, we still fall into sometimes going, hmm, I'm competing in looks or I'm competing in, oh, her kids are perfect or I'm competing in something where... You know, it becomes a competition. It's not just part of rooting each other on. So I'm curious because obviously this day and age, our entire lives are lived on social media. And that was not the case in your era a decade ago. (laughs) You were so sweet. I'm so sweet. (laughs) Um, Do you think that we're more competitive now because of social media? I I don't know if you're more competitive because we had our own version of it, but I think the opportunities to become more Mm. competitive have grown. Yeah. Because you see all of these things in uh, the social media world that make you go, 
oh, I want, I wish, I, I want my, Pinterest is always the one we fall back on. I want my perfection on Pinterest mm-hmm. to outdo your perfection on Pinterest. So I think the pressures are, are higher, but the attitudes are the same. So is there such a thing as friendly competition? I mean, because I think we're saying that you you want to be a team player and not be a competitor, but is there ever a time that even among your team of friends, coworkers, family, whatever the team is, that com- competition is healthy? Sure. Yeah. As long as the attitude behind it is positive. Mm-hmm. It's not that you want to compete in whatever arena it is to win and they lose. It's just kind of like, let's see who comes out ahead and then we'll laugh and hug each other and it's all good. I uh, I mean, I tend to go back to the gym conversation because that's, you know, what I love. Yes. Um, but this does make me think about at the gym, there are times where I can look around and be like, dang, she is killing it. I better step it up. (laughs) Yeah. And then there are other times where I'm like, she is killing it. I'm going to just chill right here and barely be doing the move. And And root her on, right? You go, girl. I'm going to be over here doing the less, less, less version of that. Exactly. There are times, Julie, it can become hurtful competing with one another. Yeah. I mean, if you're always trying to one up your friend or maybe not even a friend, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, because there are times that you're on teams of people, whether it's at work or in the PTA or <laughs> in your family, <laughs> um, where you wouldn't necessarily have chosen to be in the thing with that group of people. And the competition of trying to beat someone does damage the team dynamics. It does. And in lots of different arenas, it can be in relationships with men. It can be in relationships with other friends. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be their best friend. You can't be their best friend. And whatever it is, it, it can really cause harm. I think one other hallmark of knowing that the competition has become unhealthy and is now hurtful is when you realize you can no longer celebrate someone else's success. Boy, isn't that the truth? I mean, because a real friend can't. Yeah. You know, you're happy when someone else succeeds and you celebrate with them. I've felt myself get to a place in, you know, various relationships where I realize that thing that she just did is so awesome, but I'm not happy for her. I'm jealous or I'm insecure because of where I am. And that's when the competition can turn ugly. Yeah. And so if you're at that place, and we all get to that place, nobody is um, void of that happening in their lives, but step back, realize that we all want to be part of a team. We all want to surround ourselves with other people who will root us on in this life. Life's hard enough. So we need people who will help us believe that we can pull it off. I love that you also added in this be a team player section that when you are a team player, other people want to join you. Who doesn't want more friends? I mean, maybe you. I'm always (laughs) wanting more friends, but it's so true. When when you have this kind of attitude, people are drawn to you. It's true. Yep. So that was number two. Let's go on to number three, Julie. This one's going to be a big one. Yes, it is. Love first, judge last. Absolutely. And boy, is this one easier said than done. Because if we're being honest, one of our first instincts in human relationships is to form an opinion, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We can't help it. No, we can't. And it's immediate. It's like, do I like that dress? Do I not like that dress? Mm -hmm. Do I think what you said is good or bad or indifferent? Or, you know, whatever, we immediately put something in our brain that, Julie, we just seem to form an immediate opinion. And the problem with it is often we're doing this without all of the facts. And even if we do miraculously somehow all have all of the facts before we make this opinion, let's, instead of leading with judgment, be people who lead with love. 
Yes. And I think for us, Julie, as women who treasure our faith, it's more important for us. I I don't think that we're necessarily that much different than everybody else, but I think we should be. You mean you don't think we're necessarily more judgy than everyone else as Christians, but the truth is, is we should be different and be less judgy. We should be absolutely less judgy. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. We're definitely not. This is such a problem. And I know I'm I'm actively trying to work on this, but I'm actively seeing it more and more. And it's probably just because it's been on my mind. But how can we combat this? How can we learn to be women who are willing to lead with love instead of with judgment? Yeah, I think we need to recognize the grace part of our faith. And that is we start everything from a view of grace. We're offering grace to whomever or whatever the scenario is. And when you said earlier that we don't know all of the facts, that's true, especially in this arena of the public figure women, the women who have, you know, stepped out, they've written books or they, they have platforms or they're speakers or whatever. It's like we can whack them down in a heartbeat. I know. The second anyone that we look up to in the faith says one sentence that we don't think is biblical or we don't agree with, or we can tell that their life doesn't match up with it. We are literally wanting to like sacrifice them, which is the opposite of what our faith says. Like, our faith says that Jesus was sacrificed for us. I mean, let's let's just call it what it is. What happened recently with Lisa Tierkirst, the leader of Proverbs 31, when she came out and said that she was getting divorced, I remembered seeing the Facebook post and my immediate reaction was, oh, what are people going to say about her? And what they did was an embarrassment to say the least, because, you know, in that scenario, Julie, she was going through something that none of us want to go through. Her heart had to have been broken. So Mm -hmm. what do we do? You know, we stomp on it. Yeah, we do. (laughs) We stomp on it. Mm -hmm. And that is so wrong. That is not what we should do. Mm -hmm. It is not our place to understand fully what's gone on in her life because we haven't walked it with her. We've just watched her from a distance. Yeah, I remembered actually reading her very somber words where you could tell she was afraid to put the message out there because she knew she was going to be critically judged for publicly as the leader of a women's ministry movement based on Proverbs 31, the virtuous wife. <laughs> I mean, Boy, all the things, Set right? yourself up for a I fall. I know. <laughs> and you know what? And I'll just be honest and say, when I first read them, I thought, she can't do that. She's the leader of Proverbs 31. <laughs> In that moment, it's like I heard God say, but my grace is sufficient even for divorce. Yeah, it's always sufficient. And I think that's what we need to offer to one another is that grace, that step back and quit slapping people around and let them work out their lives and don't completely judge them, you know, love them. Don't judge them. Yeah. I mean, our faith actually says that Jesus came to hang out with sinners, (laughs) that he loved the unlovable, that he came because we needed that kind of love. And so we're supposed to represent that and be the kind of community that follows in his footsteps. Something interesting. So if you if you haven't followed the Lisa Tierker story at all, she came out in, I don't know, I'm going to just throw a date out there. She came out a year ago and said she was getting divorced. And then within the last few months, she has actually reconciled with her husband. And I remember when I saw that post, I really was like, wait, what's happening? Is this a vow renewal picture? I thought she was <laughs> divorcing him. And, and again, I had an immediate reaction of, oh, I bet all the Christians are going to be so happy. 
Yeah, yeah. And they probably were. And it's like they assumed at that point that she got it right. Well, I believe in restoration. Mm -hmm. I believe that that is the way you want to go. But the reality is she could have not done that. That could have not been her story. And if it hadn't have been her story and the divorce happened and then they didn't reconcile, it still is not ours to judge. It is still ours to love. And not to um, decide what is right and wrong for somebody else. I think part of the reason, especially in the Christian community, that we are so quick to judge in scenarios like this is it ultimately hits on our fears or our insecurities. So if Lisa Tierkers, the leader of Proverbs 31, can get divorced, then there's no hope for my marriage. <laughs> I know. But and that's what is, you think. It is. It is. Or if you see someone who's got a rebellious teenager who you know, has gone off the rails. It's really wrong, but you almost want to go, what did she do wrong mm-hmm. to make that happen? Because if she did something wrong to make that happen, then I won't do that. So that's not going to happen in my life. Well, I'm sorry, ladies. You know, I would love to say <laughs> every child's going to walk the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Every child's going to do all the right things. It's not true. And you are not automatically the one who is guilty. So remove that fear that becomes judgment Mm -hmm. of someone else and know that, what's the phrase? There, but for the grace of God go I. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we want to compare our lives so much. It goes back to that comparison and competition. And um, the truth is, is we all have our individual struggles. We're all going to need grace upon grace upon grace. And we need to be the kind of women, especially in the faith community, that offer that love instead of judgment. Because our life at any given moment could completely fall apart. And we want, if and when those things happen to us, we want our friends to show us love and grace and not be quick to judge. Yep. So what we're saying is love first, love second, love third, love fourth, love 112th, (laughs) and judge later. I mean, actually, Jesus said this in the great commandment that we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the second most important thing we're supposed to do is to love our neighbor as ourselves. So we're supposed to be doing that. Let's, Let's work on that, ladies. Let's do that. All right. What's number four in these philosophies we want to live by? Mm-hmm. Uh, avoid avoidance. Oh, somebody heard that and wants to turn it off now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Ooh. And on any given day, I might join that group where, <laughs> oh, I don't want to deal with this. But life says you can't avoid things because uh, they they grow. Yep. They got They get bigger. If you don't deal with issues that you know you need to deal with or confront situations that you know need to be confronted, then they become bigger and uglier and more difficult. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be scenarios, whether it's at work or with your kids, with your man, with your friends, that the longer you put off that hard conversation let's go ahead and call it confrontation. It's just going to get worse. Yeah, it is. It doesn't, avoiding it doesn't fix the problem. The truth is confronting it or dealing with it is the only chance to fix virtually anything. And, and it's not a bad thing. It's not like confrontation has turned into a negative word. It is not negative. It is the attempt to make something better. Yeah. And I think, but part of the answer to, um, making this, facing the music, so to speak, um, handling the confrontation is knowing 
win. Timing is everything. Oh, timing is everything. Yeah, it's not in the middle of a heated discussion. I say that discussion word uh, nicely. Or argue discussion is what I like to call it. Argue discussion. Yeah, I came up I with that word it. back when I did my <laughs> brain for your husband series. I would I would often reference argue discussions with your man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you like that trademark? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like that one. And that's probably not the time to bring up the no. real confrontation. No, yes. Timing is everything. Timing and tone can be huge when it comes to dealing with a conversation that will be hard but needs to be had. And to make sure that timing is the right time, think about it. Mm. You know, pray about it, ponder it, come up Talk with... to everyone else about it? I'm kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> wow. That's We're what not... we want to do, That's but what no. we want to do. Let's have the discussions with everyone. Uh, no, no, not the right answer. Uh, no, it, it is working out what your objective is. Mm-hmm. What do you want this particular conversation to achieve? What is it you want to change? Uh, make your goals very clear and mm-hmm. then make your words very thoughtful. Very calm. (laughs) Yeah. I think coming at the right time and with the right tone and like you said, with a clear outline of what is, you know, the the goal of the conversation from your end. And then you have to go back to number one and be willing to listen. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just about you confronting (sighs) the issue and not letting them have a say. You're right, Julie. Got to yeah. go back to listening. And and the purpose of avoiding the avoidance is ultimately to clear up the misunderstanding, right? That's the goal. It's not to get your point across and make sure they understand why you were right <laughs> and they were wrong. <laughs> I love that little laugh. Yes, the little <laughs> because that's sometimes what we're doing. Like, you know, I really need to sit him down and make sure he understands how bad he got this one. Yes. No, no, no. We want to clear the air. We want to um, create open dialogue and communication and clear up any misunderstandings and restore and repair any dissonance that there is in the relationship. Yeah. And it can be any place, Julie. It can be in your workplace. You could be at a job where you realize something was said or done that you may not uh, have meant or perhaps that you have not been given an opportunity of something you want to do or have not gotten credit for something you did. Mm -hmm. And instead of letting those things stew and stew and stew, you know, you need to thoughtfully go in and deal with the issue because it becomes anger, bitterness, disappointment, all the negatives if you don't. So let's address something that is inevitable sometimes. Sometimes you have this hard conversation and it doesn't go well. There isn't restoration. There isn't reconciliation. What do we do when that happens? We make sure that we have not done or said anything that prohibits that. You know, there are times in life where you do everything to make peace, but peace still doesn't come. But as long as you do everything, that's okay. That's all right. You just have to know that you did your part and you have to be able to move on. Yeah, this actually makes me think of Romans 12, 18 that says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And I just love how that even puts it that as as much as it depends on you, because in any relationship, there are two people. And so I think it's kind of, we can work on our end of the street, they say in recovery, you work on your side of the street and you seek peace, but sometimes it will be irreparable, but you can know in your heart that you did your part. You know, something that that just makes me think, Julie, is how glad I am that the text that we pull things from deals with real life. Yes. You know, it's like, it ain't always going to work out for you. And so (laughs) as long as you're doing your part, it's okay. 
Yes. So even though it's not always going to work out perfectly, we can't avoid avoidance. So let's go to number five. Number five. What's the last one? Remember this. It is good to be alive. I know that sounds simple, but in today's discouraging times or hurt that you're walking through, the the challenges we have in life, sometimes we get caught up in that and we forget that every morning waking up, we are alive to have experience and enjoy another day. Okay. So I saw that on the outline, but now when you said it out loud, it made me tear up a little bit just <laughs> thinking about it's so true. You may or may not know my story, but my uh, first husband passed away unexpectedly. And so even just that phrase that remember it's good to be alive, that should catch us off guard sometimes because we do take our lives for granted far too often. And even though there are hard things in life, there are times that are challenging. There are days that are annoying and overwhelming. (laughs) We get sad. We get tired. We get mad. But the truth is, every new day that we're given is a gift and we should enjoy them. Yeah. And in the midst of the challenge that we have, there is always hope, Julie. Even in the most difficult and hard circumstances, mm-hmm. there is hope. And we can't we can't forget that. Yeah. Hope is a word that I have clung to for years. In fact, it's one of the words that I've chosen for myself to purposefully think about for 2019. And that is how we go on, even when we're facing something hard, remembering that there is always good and grace and new life to look forward to is the way that we keep our joy, even in difficult times. Yeah. And remember that every day we're given a new chance. Mm. We're given a do-over. Absolutely. Yeah. There may be something that we think, oh man, we really blew that one. But today I have a Mm do-over or another opportunity that we didn't even know was available to us. Something that perhaps we dreamed one day of doing, or perhaps we didn't even know it was there. And how exciting is that? Every day is a fresh start. Okay. For some people, this is easier than others. There are some people who really struggle to find the good in all things that really kind of just tend toward the negative side of things. What are some practical things we can do or maybe stop doing that will help us to remember that it's good to be alive? Mm, Sometimes I think we need to put aside our busy life or our to-dos Uh, And not just go, I got to get in the car and take the kid here, or I've got to go do this, or I've got to deal with this work uh, project that needs to be done. It's like, just clear it aside and go, I'm just going to breathe for a little bit. I'm going to take a little time, you know, and even at night and stare at the sky or, you know, remove yourself from the insanity long enough to get a fresh breath of air. I know sometimes our to-do lists and our mommy do's and all of that really can kind of distract us from the simple joys of life. We're recording today, even though we were supposed to record a few days ago, and my four-year-old came down with a, turned out to be a 24-hour bug, which praise the Lord that it was only 24 hours. (laughs) Um, Everyone who saw that he was sick kept messaging me like, oh yeah, my kid had that for four days. And I'm like, four days? Send help. I cannot do this for four days. And and it wasn't, but you know, you got to keep them home, make sure they're not, you know, toxic for the other children, whatever. (laughs) Um, But I ended up with, you know, a couple unexpected days with my son. And at first I was a little annoyed, you know, because I got things to do. Yeah. But then instead, when I'm looking in the face of my adorable four-year-old who has decided we should do an egg hunt 
in the middle of February, because that makes sense. <laughs> I, um, I think it's great. I, Go for it, it was great. And I thought, oh, he's really going to like Easter eggs hunts this year. This is going to be fun. Just putting the stuff aside and being like, you know what? I'm I'm not getting the work done that I was supposed to get done, but I'm going to enjoy my cute little almost five-year-old in the season that he's in because he's a gift. Today's a gift. Today's a gift. And I think that's just it, Julie, is find simple joys. Find things that, whether it's an egg hunt in February or, <laughs> you know, a Christmas tree in July, it doesn't matter. <laughs> find things that just bring simple joys to your life and then focus on those. Spend yeah. time, spend emotional energy mm-hmm. in the positive things, in the beautiful things, rather than all of the stresses and trials of life. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm going to like write these five things down. Of course, we'll summarize them again in the show notes and we'll actually run through them again real quick one more time. But I want to put these things in front of me and strive to live by them, knowing that I'm going to fall short pretty often. But there's grace for that, right? There's (laughs) grace for that. Absolutely. But these are the kinds of things that I want to build my grit and grace life around. You want to read them again real quick for a star to wrap it up? Sure do. Listen before you speak. Be a team player, not a competitor. Love first, judge last, or maybe not at all. (laughs) Avoid avoidance, and remember, it is good to be alive. I love every single one of those. All right, well, we still have to end this show with a quote, and you picked so many good ones, Dar. I mean, we're going to tuck a couple of those away for future episodes. Yay for that. But I think the one that really sums up what we've talked about today is from Charles Swindoll. He said, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. And Julie, that is the truth. Uh, So thanks for joining us again this week for another episode of This Grit and Grace Life. Thanks for listening to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project online magazine. Whether you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or streaming the show, be sure to take a couple moments to subscribe, rate, and review so you never miss the next episode. You can also share the show with a friend you think might enjoy living a grit and grace life with us. Every week we share all the details on everything we discuss in the episode at thegritandgraceproject.org. We'll catch you on the next one.